Hey friends, Mike Myers here with the Songwriting for Guitar podcast, episode number 64, my chat with my good friend and mentor, Josh Doyle, part two. Now in this episode, this is where Josh and I meet, and Josh was ahead of me. He was doing amazing things already, and when I met him, I was like, oh, I would love to do that, and this is where he started to mentor me and help me along my production songwriting journey, and... I'm so grateful for that. And he's still helping me today. And so in this episode, he, I, I want to hear from his perspective what that was like. Um, and we're going to dive into some very, very exciting news. Your, your background is fascinating because when we finally, like this is in our story where it's like the interconnectedness, I guess, like where you said you were always bettering yourself. You were always going to other things. We, well, at first we just happened to be in the same sync licensing course right? class together. And the way we met was you messaged me and I tried to find the message. <laughs> I don't have it exactly, but I was, I remember I was just posting a lot of half songs all the Yo, time. Yeah. Yeah, I was guilty of that. Never yeah. finishing songs. Yeah. Lots of, and also too, like, I like to think they are like big head, little body. Cause like a section was <laughs> built out Yeah, and it was always just like the intro. Right. And that was it. Yeah. And then I would fade it out and that would be it because I didn't want to, there was nothing else. So I was like, well, fade it out. Yeah. And you, you were just like, please finish a song, please. I know. I think I, yeah, I, I just messaged you because I just kept on hearing. I was like, oh, that's got potential. When he finishes that, that's going to be really good. And then next thing I would hear you post like something, another like 30 completely seconds. Different, yeah. Completely different. Never finished the previous thing. And so I, I was, Yeah. Another another instance of me getting frustrated, right? <laughs> and it like, this, but it was this, true I, because it was just like the time that I was wasting on that, yeah, building and you know stacking layers and like oh, I had another guitar, I had a harmony, I had a trip, I had a double of that. Oh yeah, yeah. That's just the in, what's the what's the chorus? I don't know. <laughs> what the hell are you building? But it was like I it was from that, then I would start. I think this is where I started just sending you shit all the time. Be like, hey man, I got a question because then I looked and I was like, oh, you actually, you actually have a lot of stuff. All why are you in this course? Why are you here? Like, I have no idea about this world or recording in general, right? Other than. Yeah. I think I had my laptop and my speakers were plugged into like my CD speakers because yeah. I could just do that and be like, so I was getting nothing but high end. It was all yeah. like this lo-fi shake. But I was like, oh, those are my speakers. And it was just <laughs> going through GarageBand and I was building out through a little, I think I still had like this M audio interface that I got. Yeah. Um, but it was through that, that after I went to LA and we hung out a few times and we, we wrote some stuff that you started to help me in my production journey in terms of like how to, I remember you were like, Oh, you could produce in a couple of years. I was like, Oh no, no. Yeah, no, you, yeah, you totally had it. But I, I did want to say that I, even though you can't find the very first message I sent, I'm yeah. pretty sure it was probably something like, dude, you're pissing me off. Just finish the songs. I think that was probably word for word, probably what I sent on the first It was time. just like, listen, asshole, I'm sick of this, <laughs> but it was, but you, brought up a great point because like that's my thing now where it's like okay we need to have the song and if we're going to build it out is it worth building out or structurally do we need to change some things before we start you know some people build out the full song and then they start going like okay what is this yeah it's like that's not what you should have done you should actually say what do we want 
What is this happening? Like the whole backtracking thing and just like going from your ultimate goal to your reference and then eventually just kind of working your way back to, okay, now let's write. Yeah. That to me was like, what? Yeah, yeah. Because yeah, that's that was exactly so what the, you were doing. Yeah. The band world where it was just like, well, it's inspiration, man. It's like you get four dudes in the room that have four completely different ideas and you're going to put them together and somehow you're going to stitch it into a song. Right. That sort of songwriting, you know, just doesn't work. Yeah. And yeah. I think it's neat. At least it's not as efficient. If you're wanting to do a lot of work in a year, if you're yeah. wanting to produce a lot of stuff, you've got to come up with a system and a method for, for knocking that stuff out. I and love what she said right there, a system, a process. Yeah. And it was just, you just highlighted to me in that message when you sent me, dude, you don't have a process. You were literally just like, it's not bad, but man, if you had a process, if you had a system and you started to work on it a few times and you did this for a few songs, man, it would get so much better. And you were right. <laughs> you, were. you know, the thing, the importance of that though, more so than, you know, just doing a lot in you know, yeah. producing a lot or whatever quantity is that what you said about like, you know, the band way of doing it is like you get the guys in the room and you've got this song that maybe one person wrote and you hope somebody hopes that it turns out like this or nobody knows how it's going to turn out. And in the end, you may have ruined a completely great song because it you didn't nobody had the same vision. No one was steering the boat. And in what we're doing, we're trying to come up with a consistent process so that we know at least generally where it's going to end up before we even start. It's interesting. Now that I think of it, it's like for like in a band, they say, and it's funny how we mask it like, oh, it's a democratic process. We vote. Yeah. But that just means we kind of water the song down to the point where everyone is happy. And usually that's not the case. You can't. Yeah. It's just like it's getting four surgeons in the room and just like hoping that something works out. We got we got a heart surgeon. We got uh, orthopedic surgeon. This guy does brain and this person right here. Oh, this is more intestine related. Yeah, Guys, good luck. You go to town. It's like you're not going to get a good result. But it's funny now. I look at that just having you mention. That, I'm like, oh, we tried to please everyone. You can't. Yeah. And it's just like, that's where a lot of good songs that could have been great had there been a very clear vision person saying, no, it has to be, we've got to move it in this direction. And if somebody goes, well, I want to do this. Well, we can do that for another song. It's not going to be this song. Yeah. Like, and that's being okay with that. That's why whenever I work with anybody, especially somebody new, I will have like a, a good, like, half hour to hour long discussion, even before we get in the studio to really make sure that they, we are on the same page. Like if they'll send me a little voice memo demo yeah. of what their song is, I'm like, I kind of hear it like this. I want to take it in this direction. This is where I think that I can serve the song the best. These are my ideas, you know, this kind of whatever. And I make sure that they are down with that. And if they are not, if they have something different and I can't feel like I can serve that, that direction, then I'll just be like, you know what? I know somebody else like call Mike Myers. He's great at that style. <laughs> you know, <laughs> I don't want to do this. You I don't want to do this. This is my, but that's to me right there. You are also very good at what I do now where it's like, when I'm like, ah, here's why I think it should be this because you not only presented an alternative, but you were able to explain well, because actually when we link it up to the chorus, it will make more, you were able to give me all this reasoning. And then 
it just like it had a lot more thought. And so your idea was like, oh, not only does your idea totally work and I get it, but all your reasoning of why it needs to go like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's because you're th- again, it's that long term like, OK, the song that we're spending our time building, we want something to happen with this. And the only way that's going to happen is if we do this. We're not here just to write a good song. We want this to be used for a lot of different ways for quite a while and maybe multiple times. And the only way that's going to happen is if we do this. Yeah. Which when you present it that way, it's like, oh, then if a person says no, oh, then that's just ego. It's not, you're totally ignoring the, the, what I was trying to explain. Now it's just like, you just want it because you want more of your stuff in it. You know what I will say on this is when I, Realized that I didn't want to be a touring. So after I moved to LA, I was writing with these different artists, started kind of the sync thing at the same time. After a while, I got tired of touring. I didn't want to live out of hotels and airports all the time anymore. And so I knew that my I was segueing out of that life into, you know, into the studio. I really like recording. And I started when I first did that, I was like, oh, I can be a producer. Like I'm interested in recording and you know, I feel like I can I can do that. So I started producing artists for you know their songs yeah. they wanted to go off and take and you know pitch to their labels or whatever they were going to do with them and i really did not enjoy those kind of conversations where i'm like i had this idea of like this course can really hit if we do this we you know have a beat drop out right before and the artists be like no i don't really like that and there was no it was just that i don't like that yeah and there's I don't no like that. And they're, and you know, they're not wrong and I'm not right, but in the sync world, when I had, when I had control over what I was trying to achieve, I could make the argument, like I'm doing this for sync. If you have that drop, editors love it. They can cut picture right on that drop and then make a big impactful moment on beat one of that chorus where it hits big. And now there's like a reason, there's a logical reason for why I'm doing this. And it's not just because. I'm a big fan of big hits on beat one or something like that. You know, it's like, like you're notorious beat one. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. <laughs> it's my middle name. But, but that is like, uh, if there was just like, oh, I might pitch this to my label and it's just like, well, I don't like that. I know. Yeah. Okay. But any particular, are, oh, I just don't like it. I know. Okay. What am I going to do with that? I yeah, think it's are, because it's like, especially when you're someone that's looking to get, keep on growing. If somebody doesn't like it, that in itself is an interesting answer. But you want to know, like, then that's why you pose the question, well, why? Can you tell me why? Because if I can understand, maybe that helps me figure out, like, what's in your head. Maybe it can help us figure this out. But if they can't give that answer, it's like, oh, that's very uninteresting. Like, it's just a very cold. Okay. Yeah. All right. That was a song. But the one thing I will say, you know, as I started to get better and started producing, the one thing that was the really a struggle was mixing. That mm-hmm. was the thing that I resisted for quite a while. I was like, well, how about I just produce this? I had somebody else to mix it. Because in that way, I can do all the fun stuff that I really enjoy. And this thing that's really hard, I can just avoid. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's a story of my life is I, I would, same thing. I, I was like, I'll just, I'll go and get a Pro Tool system. I'll get my own studio just so I can lower this tambourine. And then I'll send it off to somebody else to mix. Yeah. And I literally did that. I had a Pro Tools studio in my little apartment in town. And I don't know if I've ever told you this, Hmm. but I recorded my first album, tried to mix it as well as I could. And then I was like, I was very serious about this. I saved up money and my uh, Sweetwater rep 
I said that I wanted to have my album mixed to him. And he was like, oh, I have a friend in LA that does mixing and, you know, and there's another, another guy that does mastering. So I called him up, asked him if he would mix my album. I saved money, flew my hard drives out to LA for a week and sat there with this guy as he mixed my album. What? And then, no. and then yeah, and then went over to, it was in the same building, the mastering engineer went and sat with him for the day as he mastered the album. And came back to Indiana, and I really hated how they did it. I hated the mix. <laughs> I liked some of the things, yeah. But as I was sitting with them, you know, I just I didn't have my vision, you know. And I probably oh, I definitely recorded it poorly, and I couldn't, you know. I brought in references. I wanted, you know, whatever I I forget what I brought in, and they were nowhere near what I was actually recording. There's no way they could have made it sound like that. But anyway, I ended up remixing what I had paid after flying to LA, paying them thousands of dollars to mix it. Yeah. I ended up remixing it and liking my mixes better. Were they present? Were they very like present mixing and like, or what did feel detached? I mean, to be fair, I think there was like eight to 10 songs on the album. And I think he was, I, I think it was only two days worth of mixing. That's a lot. Two that days. That is a mix. lot. Yeah. Yeah. So it's really not fair, but that's all I could afford, I think. And I just didn't know better. So it's it's really not fair. I'm not dissing these these guys at all. It, it, you know, even now if somebody made me mix like eight to ten songs in two days, I probably wouldn't do a great job either. But um, it made me realize that like just another instance where I was kind of frustrated that you can't just like spend money blindly and like get the result that you want. You yeah. you have to obviously the entire music industry, major labels. I've been very successful with spending money, hiring the right people, the right producer, and then it goes to the right mixer and they come out with amazing sounding albums. But yeah, so for me, that's kind of how I got into the mixing thing is like, I, I was frustrated that I didn't know any other way. I, I tried doing like the big, I tried being fancy about it and spending money and going to LA and getting the thing mixed. And I thought it was going to sound amazing. But um, yeah, that was just my only other solution. I was like, I can either try to remix this myself and then get into it. And then from there, that's just how I ended up doing everything. That after. was the story of every band's album that I was in. When we yeah. released it, we were like, this is going to be big. Yeah. And we were still. Yeah. We were still the same. It's funny. Every time you mentioned, and since you're from Indiana, where was it? We played, we were in Franklin, Indiana. Oh, yeah. There There's was a, a place college there, right? I guess Maybe. it was just a little sleepy town. It was like, but it was the only place we could get gigs and it was always right. the same thing. It was called the gear. It was oh. this tiny little church run venue that was nice. paid us nothing, Yeah, but we dropped it. Yeah. But that's interesting that you went there and you watched. Did you even watch that and go like, I think I could do this a little bit. Did it stir or just like, just give you thoughts of like, I may make those changes when I get back. No, I didn't know enough. I was sitting right next to him the whole time watching, trying yeah. to learn, but I knew n really nothing. Um, and I knew time was precious, so I wasn't trying to like bug the guy too much of like, why are you doing that compression move? Why, you know, yeah, yeah. what's this? And, you know, all that kind of stuff. Yeah, I, I tried picking up as much as I could. And maybe, I mean, that was honestly like 15, 20 years ago, so it's been a while. But yeah, I was trying to pay as, as much attention as I could. Hey, it's Mike. I just wanted to jump in in the middle of this episode uh, because you're hearing things about licensing, you're hearing things about production, 
and maybe you're just starting your journey in licensing. You're, you're interested in the idea of like getting your stuff into TV, or maybe you're just starting your production journey and you're like, I need to know more. I wish I could watch somebody make tracks that are syncable, ask them questions, ask people about pitching solutions. Well, guess what? That's why we started the Insiders track with my good friend and amazing sync artist, Heather Evans. We go live. I go live twice a month and I build out tracks in real time that I'm using for briefs. That's things for TV and music. And you can ask me questions. Then Heather goes live uh, twice a month answering your questions on pitching. She has topics especially related to her artistry career and how she's using sync as the advantage. So if you're listening to this and you're like, well, Mike, guess what? I want to do this. I want to join. If you use the promotion code podcast insiders, you'll get the first 30 days completely free on us. This is going to be super helpful. We want you to learn. Heather and I wish we had this when we started our journey. And that's why we created this. So remember, Podcast Insiders, you can join completely free. So head on over to songrangforguitar.com to sign up and join now. It also goes to show that, yes, the right mix matters for a song especially yeah, yeah. it's just like people are like i and don't get me i talk about like now like oh yeah and your production and your layers that's great but you still have to have a good mix like it has to be comparable to your reference comparable to what you hear on the radio comparable that if you put it in your car and you have to turn it all the way up like i used to like to like 10 or 11 you're like see it's loud it's loud and then the other (laughs) song comes in and it blasts the speakers away and makes you realize like your song isn't even sonically on the map right to where those other things are yeah you know the thing that has kind of become my my mantra my whole kind of belief system almost for everything i could i could link this back to storytelling in almost any way but that's it is storytelling okay and even with mixing, kind of what you're saying, you've got your your reference, right? You've got your ma- major label mix. Yeah. That mix, that song, everything is a story, right? It's like making you feel a certain way, whether it's like super aggressive, hard rock, you know, sad singer-songwriter, whatever song it is, it's, it's a little story and it's making you feel a certain way. And the goal is to get your song, when we say reference, we're not saying like, we want you to rip off that song and get sued. We want it to feel, have that same kind of like emotional feel, mm-hmm. right? And I, I'm agreeing because it's like, I talk about feel and vibe and somebody yeah. asked me like, well, what is feel and vibe? It's like, no, it's not the, the exact melody note for note, but like when you hear that dark haunting, it says dark haunting ethereal, the piano doesn't sound like an upfront piano. It's like spacey and it feels like, and it's eerie. You can play one note and then go back a half step. And just because it's not in the key, it feels weird and it feels like tension. Yeah. That matters way more than, oh, well, it's not in the correct key, but this is. So it's like theoretically correct. Yeah, that's not interesting. What is interesting is like, does it feel and put whoever in this case, like a supervisor or an editor to be like, oh shit, that's going to work perfect for this scene because it feels, it works well. Yeah. And a lot of times I'll even use like kind of the, the stage metaphor of, you know, I'll hear, you know, people will send songs for for notes or whatever, and they'll have like the wrong, when I say wrong, like kind of like in that instance, they'll have a piano that just doesn't, doesn't fit in the story, right? I'm, mm-hmm. I, and I will use the, the, the thing of like, okay, let's just say this is super 
simple like singer songwriter like jewel or something like that where it's you know usually acoustic guitar bass guitar drums nothing really fancy and if you've got the wrong type of piano in there if you've got some kind of like upright western saloon style piano all of a sudden there's like this one character on stage that is doesn't belong like swap that guy out cast the right character and now your story is going to make sense right I get what you mean, where it's just like things are just so blatant. You it feels so blatantly out of place, but to them are like, but it's a guitar. Yeah, it's, yeah, but it's it's a different style of guitar. Like right now, that's like a BG style guitar that doesn't fit right now. We need to go for this style of guitar, or it's just like you're playing it very proper right now, and I want you to not do that. I want you to just play like one single note right here, and you're just gonna and it's gonna be a fuzzy guitar, and you're just gonna play the roots of it, and that's it because that's all it needs. And they go like, well why huh it feels right but we even say that as humans like we were well that's the way i feel i know and we go you know we don't justify it or back it up it's just like we feel a certain way songs do and especially if they're put to picture Mm -hmm. and supporting a scene they have to because either it's going to support it or it's just going to work against it and the ones that work against it are the ones that don't get placed yeah they're the ones that don't get money and even kind of like circling back to the mixing thing the big thing there, there's a lot of big things, but one of the the biggest um, aha moments that I had with mixing is when you can arrange it right and use the right sounds, it'll mix itself a lot of times. You know what I mean? Like, I know that you've talked, you and yeah. I know that I've seen videos of yours and you and I have had this conversation, just moving the octave of what you've placed, what you've played. It could be the exact right sound. It could be the right instrument. But just moving the octave all of a sudden opens up this whole frequency range where things were stepping on top of each other and now they're not. And the damn thing will mix itself just by moving that thing up an octave or or whatever, you know? It's true because like, you know, if you have, there was one um, instance where somebody, but she she totally fixed it and and worked out well. Like she had one guitar and she was like, I'm EQing it right now and I'm just not getting in the way. Or she said, I have, you know, I'm EQing this guitar and I don't like it. I was like, well, how many guitars are in it? And she was like, one. I was like, oh, that's why. There's just one. It's just like, if you EQ it one particular way, you're going to get just that. That means you're going to be lacking something. If you EQ it the other way, you're going to get something there, but that's lacking. But if you got a couple but all yeah. that shit I learned from you because I remember when you told me once, like, oh, how many kicks are in there? And I was like, what do you mean how many kicks? There's a kick. And you were yeah. like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You need way more than that. Because <laughs> think of it. You were like, that's yeah. just one. And he was like, but if you get this one, I was like, I don't think. And I remember doing that and just being like, holy shit, he's right. Yeah. Well, we should probably clarify because I, I feel like anybody listening to this yeah. would be like, oh, Josh is recommending like 15 kicks. <laughs> <laughs> no. Like, what he's talking about is like, having like like if there's different qualities to a kick drum right you've got like the attack frequency and then you've kind of got the body and maybe a low end sub those are like kind of three different characteristics they don't all have to come from just one source you can eq out different elements cut out the things that you don't like about one kick and kind of frankenstein together three kicks to make it sound like it's one putting it it's almost like a you know a course meal it's like this is the first Uh course which has this type of for your palate and this has the second one this one and at the end you're like oh that was wonderful that was well thought out and that's how like every sound or each part of the instrument like guitars feel like one and like a big super guitar but if we break them up there was a couple Mm -hmm. but you're right 
if you balance it well, the mixing will do itself or make the mixing a hell of a lot easier. Absolutely. Instead of like thinking, well, mixing will solve everything. Yeah, what you were saying about your the the girl that you were helping with her guitar, one of the things that, you know, if anybody is ever saying like, I've got the, this guitar and I've been EQing all different types of ways, like it is, you know, if it's just one guitar, it can sound skinny and there's nothing that you can really do about that. Th there is, but... Uh, <laughs> but one of the things I'm, I'm always asking is like when it's not in the right in the right frequency range and you're trying to like if it's sounding muddy and you're just keep on cutting out at low end and mids and stuff like that. And then all of a sudden it just like snaps into now it sounds like an AM radio guitar and that sounds bad, too. Usually it's about where it's arranged, like where it's played on the neck. Yep. And it ends up being have you just have to re-record it in this new position, new octave. Your Something ear's like really that. good for that because there are times that I've been like, oh, what do you think of this? And you're like, hey, buddy, sounds good. Um, <laughs> here's the thing. Uh, you know, what is this, you know, insert thing? Because I think it needs to be here. Yeah. Now, of course, I'm like, I'm going to have to re-record. Okay. And then I'll yeah. do it and I'll be like, all right, you were right. Yeah. You were right. Uh, it's funny how like sometimes knowledge when we pass on, we act like, you know, well, I've gotten the, you know, here's what I think you should do. I realize 99% of the things when it comes to a mixing suggestion that I'm making when people yeah. ask me, I'm like, well, my friend Josh told me, it's just like, <laughs> it's like now reading from the book of Josh, yeah. Josh said, <laughs> but it's true because, um, you know, even though I, you know, I feel like I've gotten better and things and I feel more confident mixing, it's probably I want to say not weekly, maybe like every other week where I'm just like, Hey man, can you take a listen to this really quick yeah. and just let me know your thoughts. And it's still the same because it's just like, you are way further down the path than I am. Yeah, I, I feel like I started I'm, a little earlier. I'm, I'm like slowly, <laughs> slowly doing a fast mall walkers pace to you where I'm just like in my <laughs> jogger shorts, just getting there. But that's why it's like, I'm super pumped when I was just like, oh, what are other things that I want to add? Songwriting for guitar. You know, we brought in Heather. I was like, I talk about Josh all the time. Here I am. <laughs> all the time. I'm like, <laughs> why not just bring out Josh? And that's why I'm excited where it's like, I can talk about guitars and some production things, but like, just as you said in the EQing thing, well, you can't EQ. Well, you could, but I'm not going to get into that because you do have all these cool alternative routes mixing wise, because that's the thing you geek out on. You yeah, really yeah. get into it. And that's why I keep on asking you questions because not only do you explain it, but like you're excited about explaining the thing too. You're like, well, here's the reason why. In in that one, yeah, the, the little mini episode that you had about being passionate and getting burnt out and stuff like that. You were talking about the importance of being curious, right? Yeah. And I feel like the other part of that, in order to like really enjoy the process, that's what the episode was yeah. about, enjoying the process, is you have to enjoy puzzles. Like you have to, not only, you know, the process is a, a bunch of things, but like for me, mixing and producing and songwriting is, is all about solving a puzzle. I am trying to like get this emotion to happen in this other person who I've never met. And I want to be as sure as I can that when they hear this moment that I'm working so hard on, that it's going to elicit that kind of, that kind of thing. And to me, those are like little puzzles, right? Yeah. And if you've got a muddy guitar that is ruining, like stepping on the vocal and you can't hear it because of this guitar part that we really love, that's a puzzle, right? And yeah. so to like figure out like, do I need to reach, is it a compression issue? Is, is it over compressed? And that's why it's like, blowing out the mix or 
Is it an EQ? Yeah, to me, it's just like solving puzzles, and I I do nerd out on that. Yeah, you do, and but you're good at it because I think it's the same thing. You get excited where some people, when something doesn't work out, or there's a people get like either disheartened or they go like, oh, I guess it's not meant for me. Oh, but right. they they give up so quickly. Mm -hmm. But yeah. you're like, oh, that's interesting. Well, why is it doing that? Well, let's see yeah. if we can figure out how. Because if I can figure out how, then that means like now that's going to help me for future songs. And it's like, I'll be able to foresee, it's kind of like foreseeing the, the possible, you know, danger ahead of your mixing, but you yeah. streamline your process more. Exactly. Because I think that's like the one thing time. you've taught me is like process, 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 process. If you don't have a process, you're not going to get continuous results. You'll get sporadic results where one day it's like really good. You hit it out of the park and you're not sure why. And the other day you get it and you're like, ah, oh, it's not good. I guess I'm not good at it. Yeah. That's not no. how it's supposed to be. <laughs> no. And I don't, to anybody listening to this, you know, don't mistake that uh, me and Mike always knock it out of the park now. Like I've got a song that I'm working on that I might actually send off to a different mixer because, because I just. Because it's terrible. It's awful. It's because it's terrible. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, but there's just times where like I try. I yeah. try my hardest and I cannot figure out that puzzle, you know? And then some, I, I guess that's probably like why you and I are always trading things back and forth of like, why can I not get this to sit where I want it? And all you need is that that second ear. I thought that was really cool. The first time that you sent me a song, you were like, hey, can I get your ears on this really quick? And I was just like, yes. <laughs> I was like, well, it's like, and I was like, at first I was like, you know, it's probably great. And I won't even need to actually that right there needs changing. Yeah. Right. But it's funny how it's just like, Ooh, it's just like, okay. It's yeah. Just, All right. He asked me and I'm going <laughs> to let him know. Okay. Like every time, like sometimes when I'm in a text and I'm like, Hey man, and I'm talking, and Jen's always like, you talking to Josh again? I'm like, not right now, honey. I'm, I'm not. It's Josh. He needs <laughs> yeah. me. And you know what? Hold my this, call. This is a really important relationship. I don't want you messing with it. But it's. <laughs> but I'm so pumped to have you here because, like, I always say, "Well, Josh told me." Well, my friend, my, and it's just like it's cool for me to build something, but then to have you involved in it because I'm like, there's so many people that are going to be like, I know that once they spend time with you and they get, you know, some coaching, right? their mixing is going to get better. You're also going to help their production as well, because you're also good. It's not like you see, you see both as like one, it's just meshes together really yeah. well. The, the mixing, producing and songwriting really are. It's hard to separate them. It's hard to separate them. Yeah. Because when you can write the song well and you yeah. write it dynamically and with that mix in mind at the end, you won't write a song that is just going like dynamically at seven the whole time, just jing, 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 you know, just like all the way through. Yeah. You will be like, I can't mix that. That's going to sound like monotonous all the way through, you know, like you will be, yeah. you'll be dynamic in, in how you write it and redo parts. I, I think one of the best pieces of advice you gave, I remember you were like, Hey, I like the instrumentation. I think you need to change the BPM. And I was just oh, like, yeah. uh, and I was like, oh, man, thing. yeah, OK. <laughs> and that comes from experience, too, of like, I've had to do that. Like, I've gotten like, a, you know, halfway through a song and I'm like, you know what? This vocal sounds like it's dragging. Yeah. It does not. And there's nothing. I mean, you can do the 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 BPM change in your DAW and sometimes you can luck out with it not sounding warbly or yeah. introducing artifacts. But you're just like you just shake your head at yourself and you're like, damn it. I should have spent some time to really, which is something I do a lot now, like before I'll have my yep. person on the couch over here with their acoustic guitar and I'll be like, 
let's try it two BPM faster and I'll push it too fast and then back it off. And yeah, it is before like riding and really building out or having things that are MIDI and flexible as you're going through it so that yes. you can change it as you're riding. But it's like, that's too where I embrace the BPM so much earlier in the writing stage because that's really pivotal because nothing's worse than having like, oh, this course rocks. This is great here. Oh no, now our verse drags. And then you yes. try to, but if you have that early on, you start embracing that, it makes it so much better. But yeah, dude, I'm super pumped because there's so many people that you're going to help. And it's just, it's just fun to have you involved. And now I can just call you more and say, and lie <laughs> and say it's business, but it's not. I just have questions about mixing. This is going to be awesome. I'm yeah. When I when I think back to like the journey of like where you know we've had yeah. a whole walk down memory lane today, but yeah. of like where we started and where we were like individually, mm -hmm. and like now look at we look where we are. Look at you. You've all grown. You're all grown up. I'm all grown we're, up. You're grown up. <laughs> you've grown got up. you've got a better lighting situation in your room, which <laughs> looks so good, and you can't see it, but like I have the exact same panels. The only difference is they're black behind you. Oh, interesting. Yeah, yeah. GIK acoustics. I got those same ones because they're really yeah. good. They are really good. They yeah. do a good job. If if, uh, if we could just get everybody to ship on time. We won't everybody. get into that. This yeah. this isn't sponsored by them. <laughs> and if it <laughs> or, is, it won't happen until like 12 episodes later. <laughs> right, right. No, I am I am excited to to help people. And um, yeah, the, the idea that like, I don't know, I, I think that my my uniqueness is the fact that I, you know, I, I started supporting like touring with artists. So mm -hmm. I know what that process is like. I know what they're going through on stage and what they're trying to do. And then, you know, I can bring all that information into the studio, into the mix, into the pro production songwriting. I'm not just troubleshooting it from one angle, you know? No, dude, I'm so excited. And thanks for taking a trip down memory lane. Yeah. Yeah, man. Dude, time. this was awesome. I am so excited to have Josh on as a mentor at Songwriting for Guitar because he was my mentor. As I said in the conversation, everybody that I mentor, I always reference Josh on things that I'm doing. I'm like, well, my friend Josh, I remember when uh, my friend, blah, 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 because he had that much of an impact. And to be able to have him a part of the Songwriting for Guitar family is amazing to me. So believe me, his mentoring sessions are going to get booked. So head on over to our mailing list so you can sign up right now and get information so that when his schedule gets released, you can jump in and start booking a session with him because all I know is his sessions are going to go quickly. And that does it for this week. This episode was edited and produced by Chris Fafalius. I'm Mike Myers. Thanks for listening.